Hello mortals, and welcome to another episode of Curious Kinks. I'll be discussing one of the many fetishes I find fascinating with people who don't think about it, don't talk about it, or keep it quietly in the closet. Hopefully, we can bring some clarity to the taboos, humanizing what some consider strange or unnatural. I'm Charlie, and this is the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. During Curious Kinks, we can be quite blunt, which is the intention of this segment to openly talk about taboos and explore things that sometimes aren't talked about. But I did want to give a heads up for this episode. It is particularly squishy, squirmy, and invasive. Also, trigger warning, we do briefly discuss rape fantasies and consensual non-consent. On today's episode... I'm going to be talking to one of my closest friends for the last 12 years, and we're going to call him Jack. Hello, Jack! Hey, I'm Jack. Awesome. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, yeah, of course, Charlie. Are you nervous? Yeah. (laughs) Uh See, Jack loves talking in front of large groups of people. He's a very social person, all about, like... Uh, public performance, right? Yeah, no, all that is wrong. Yeah, I know. But I I really appreciate you being here and talking about something that may be a little awkward. But we're going to get through it together. Yay. I'm very excited. I've been doing lots of research on the wonderful uh, topic of tentacle erotica. (laughs) And for this episode, I'm going to be calling it spectacular tentacular Mm. and um tentacular actually means equipped with or bearing tentacles oh i didn't know that yeah i didn't realize that was an actual word it is that's why i'm using it isn't that cool (laughs) see i I get it now i get it yes although it's pretty good for anyone who for some reason doesn't know what a tentacle is it is a flexible limb or appendage of an animal. I wanted to talk to you about tentacle porn. Mm-hmm. First question before we jump into some some interesting facts. Do you have any experience? Uh, well, yes, I like anime, so <laughs> it was going to happen eventually. Yes, and it happened a long time ago. Yeah, and it's I mean continues to happen. Yeah, we'll say uh, there's good tentacle porn. Yeah, yeah. As well as anime, would you say that you you are a hentai viewer? Uh, yes, yes, uh huh. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Just like Samuel Sorry. L. Jackson. Just like Samuel. Yeah. See? See, it's not awkward. No. If he does it, you can do it too. <laughs> so I thought I would share some history mm-hmm. with you on tentacle porn because when I thought of this episode, this is probably not going to be a new concept to you, mm-hmm. right? The idea of erotic tentacle sexual interaction but i thought maybe what you wouldn't know is where it got started yes i had no idea about the actual uh what's it called history history but uh (laughs) the intellectual side of tentacle porn and there actually is just so excited yeah i'm so excited okay here we go (laughs) let's talk about it the first or at least the most famous example of tentacle porn uh, like historically in Japan mm-hmm. is in 1814 mm-hmm. with uh, there's a woodcut. Um, oh, the print. wood block print. Yes. Yeah. See, I do know about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is called the dream of a fisherman's wife. Mm-hmm. And it's a woman and she's reclined and she's kind of like in this state of ecstasy. And there's this giant octopus going down on her. And then there's another little baby octopus that has like it's maybe like it's tentacle in her mouth. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, if it's called Fisherman Wife's Dream or the Dream of a Fisherman's Wife, she is definitely like dreaming up this fantasy. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like this very consensual, erotic uh, 
cephalopod <laughs> scene going on. Mm-hmm. And so... But such, like, classic Japanese, like... Uh, art up to that time very like ancient feeling yeah no it feels very traditional and actually mm-hmm. um there is a whole style called shunga mm-hmm. have you ever heard of shunga i have not heard of shunga great perfect <laughs> so shunga i'm just excited because i wanted i want to tell you something you don't know <laughs> maybe you would not already know about it so it was most popular um, between the 1600s and 1900s mm-hmm. and it was erotic art and it was very commonplace in japan during this period uh erotic art was not seen any different than just normal art mm-hmm. and so to actually have shunga in your home was really normal and mm-hmm. a lot of people had it in their houses oh yeah okay so um you would maybe even this is something I found really funny. A lot of the sites that I was looking at said that you would maybe have a little scroll mm-hmm. of like a bunch of different pictures and they would scroll it up and put it in their sleeves. And then when they'd go out and talk to their friends, they'd like share. So they'd be like, oh, look at my shunga. And he's like, oh, yeah, look at my shunga. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so you God, can each that's... kind of show off your own little like erotic scene. Oh, that's really funny. Something that I found very interesting in uh, shunga is that it didn't just depict uh, like a husband and wife having sex, mm-hmm. but it also depict um, like threesomes or orgies, public sex, homosexual relationships. Uh-huh. Like, damn, Japan. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen hundred Japan. Had some shibari in there too. Y- yeah, yeah. Very progressive. Uh-huh. Very progressive. But do you know what changed it? Um, I, I mean, I assume it was someone coming to power in like early, late 1800s. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, that's pretty close. What happened is as they tried to modernize because the world was expanding, there was all these other ideas coming in from Western cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, and while they didn't necessarily like Western cultures and they were trying to revert more to what they considered like a traditional Japan, Mm -hmm. they did try to in some ways uh start to censor their community and one thing that they did is there was these censorship laws Mm -hmm. that got passed starting in a in about 1840 is when a lot of these censorship laws started to come around and as time went by they got more severe Mm -hmm. with uh what could and couldn't be shown and the punishment involved oh wow yeah and so um pornography became one of these things that got caught up in these political reforms mm-hmm. and it was that's where you get all those strict rules like can't show like genitals you can't show pubic hair that is all coming from those censorship laws in the 1840s oh my god i thought it was completely different i thought that it was something like the um they were trying to copy american values in the 1950s after the atomic bombs and we had such well a... the 1950s definitely didn't help yeah. <laughs> they didn't help but it started in the 1840s okay where they really tried to like crack down on what was like a moral japan and like who they were as a as mm-hmm. a community and as an identity and so uh shunga it was taken down mm-hmm. it was confiscated it was removed from yeah. places and you couldn't sell it anymore you couldn't mm-hmm. make it anymore and at the beginning of like the censorship laws are right around like 1860 mm-hmm. you were still seeing artists make it as a way of saying like oh we can do whatever we want but as the early 1900s came around it was pretty much gone mm-hmm. like they had cracked down and then like you said world war Two happened mm-hmm. and world war Two was devastating and a lot of anger and sadness and trauma came out of that period and as we go into post-world war ii mm-hmm. you have now japanese aligning more with american morals mm-hmm. and so they still have these censorship laws they're trying to emulate another culture but they also are dealing with all this trauma mm-hmm. and they don't know where to go with it yeah so something new starts to evolve mm-hmm. And that is Eroguro. Have you ever heard of Eroguro? Uh, I, I mean, I know that Ero is just like kind of uh, pervy uh-huh. uh, and such. I don't know what... Uh, 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 well, well, Guro on its own is like uh, 
really intense like amputation yes. and shit of people. So ero uh-huh. is erotic uh-huh. and guro is grotesque. Okay. So it's erotic yeah. grotesque. Okay. And that uh-huh. is where this strong sense like around the 1920s, 1930s, you're starting to see a little bit of that coming out as more censorship is bearing down on the people. They're trying to express themselves in other ways. Mm-hmm. But then after the war happened, it just started to come out everywhere. Like people were pushing the boundaries and mixing this idea of sexuality and fear. Kind of disgusting. Yeah. And also sickly sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh-huh. It was... Uh... I don't know, just doing some grotesque waves, but an extremely like beautiful or sexual way of doing. Yeah, it. and not always, not always beautiful. Not some, always. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, sometimes no, just sometimes. like straight up disgusting. Absolutely. Yeah. And they started making films around the 1960s, mm-hmm. and yeah, they couldn't show genitals, they couldn't show penetration. Everything was like blurred out. Yeah, and they still can't. And they still can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but because they had these limitations. Like, okay, if we can't show it, how can we express this intimacy or this sexuality or this 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 tension in a different way? Mm-hmm. BDSM started getting really big. Shibari started really getting explored. Mm-hmm. That's where Bukaki, that's where like urine play and, and water sports and blood and gore and violence all started mm-hmm. to circulate together within pornography. Yeah. Is as a way to express all these things when you can't show what people in the western world i mean think about 1960s 70s porn in america mm-hmm. you're just getting these huge close-ups of exactly what's going on and you can't yeah. do that in japan oh yeah no uh, very you da- definitely can't i mean japanese porn you'll always see uh censorship on the mm-hmm. rule is just no genitalia yeah um, and that's true for e- cartoons as well. So you mm-hmm. get hentai uh, anime that has actually been animated and everything. And they are literally using the giant pixelization blur filter mm-hmm. on those. And then there is a black market for the unpixelated versions mm. of these animes that um, so like one will come out and then four or five months later, someone will leak quotation marks leak the um actual version the original version to people and they will um then go and send it all around the internet and you've got the uncensored version Mm -hmm. but it doesn't happen for a lot of them yeah um so it's a it's really kind of an interesting thing is like i don't know it's strange that's yeah. my thought yeah no, that's, yeah, that's, that's totally fine it, it is very strange but all of these things mm-hmm. are leading up to tentacle porn and yes. how it all comes together mm-hmm. is more specifically in the world of tentacle porn there's one man in particular who is known as like the tentacle master oh. and that is anime or not anime manga writer illustrator mangaka Tosh- Mangaka? Yeah, that's the term for a manga author, illustrator. He's a mangaka. So his name is Toshio Maeda? Maeda. Toshio Maeda. Thank you. Thank you. And he really... I mean, there might have been, like, this idea of, like, tentacle erotica before then, Mm -hmm. but he was the one who really started pushing it. Like, that was his brand. And he started doing manga uh, where... It was a lot of alien invasions, a lot of demons with Mm. all these limbs and all these tentacles. And it was that very extreme gore, violence, lots of rape, lots of sex, lots of just like complete madness. Mm. A lot of your eroguro, which is just your complete erotic, grotesque everything. Yeah. Thousand percent over the top. Uh And the first one came out in 1986. And that's called The Legend of Overfiend. Uh, Have you ever heard of this? I have not. Okay. So the second one came out in 1989. And it was called The Beast Demon Invasion. But they were both turned into anime later. Really? And I decided to watch uh, Legend of Overfiend. Uh And I didn't watch the whole thing because it's a longer movie. And I wanted to just more get like a sense for the film. Yeah. 
and uh, it is intense. <laughs> it is intense. It is. It is no joke. Uh-huh. They are a thousand. They're just going for it. It, it is really like what started to happen is because there was free speech in Japan, but then also the censorship laws, people who made pornographic material just started pushing those boundaries to see how far they could get, Yeah. right? And this is a great example mm-hmm. of it because you never see a penis, you never see a vagina, you never see pubic hair, mm-hmm. <laughs> but what you do see is insane just people being torn in half and getting every orifice infiltrated by like this demon with thousands Mm -hmm. of tentacles that happen to look just like penises and ejaculate all over the place (laughs) and i mean and then he'll be having sex with a girl and then when he comes his like eyes will light up and he just like disintegrates her half of her head like it is insane and i really think Mm -hmm. that it came out of this all of this anxiety mm-hmm. from the war and then all of the repression sexually it just pushed this category further and further and further and further until they were just like let's see where we could go and they just went to the edge mm-hmm. and of course not all tentacle porn is like that but he's the one who really brought that concept to the forefront yeah yeah, yeah. and then after that is when you start kind of seeing it infiltrate more manga more anime more hentai mm-hmm. and and start seeing it in live action more yeah. so it's not interesting yeah that, that's fascinating yeah i had no idea it was like one guy who brought it to the forefront for yeah all japan yeah he's definitely he's definitely the one who who pushed it and it was in the 80s yeah which i don't know it's just crazy it wasn't it wasn't even that long ago yeah well the, the 80s was a very intense era Mm-hmm. As far as uh, graphic animation and film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in doing research for this podcast, I there I just saw a lot of just crazy. But that was it, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're seeing how far they could go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, if we have these three limitations, what, what else can we do? And still, like, they can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just went for it. It's crazy. It's absolutely, yeah. Um, it's crazy. I was going to just quickly go into tentacle erotica in America because you actually see it come into American culture pre-1960s. Really? Or 1980s, sorry, Uh pre-1980s because you really see it arrive prominently in Japan in the 80s. But in the United States, it really showed up with Lovecraft. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because so many of his novels are so like all these oceanic beasts mm-hmm. with yeah like if you think of cthulhu but there's so many other creatures and so many of them are these like strange mixes of multiple uh sea creatures with like scales and tentacles and <laughs> tongues and mm-hmm. there was a story lovecraft wrote called the dunwich horror and it was a story with like this creature and his there was like a man and he sold his daughter to the creature and she bore these children that were these half-breed things Mm -hmm. and um it was turned into a movie in 1970 Mm -hmm. and that was the first time this tentacle uh eroticism grotesque tentacle eroticism right Mm -hmm. came into the american culture and that was 10 years before Mm -hmm. it happened in japan Oh wow! Yeah, and it and it combined both elements mm-hmm. of the erotic and the grotesque, which yeah. I thought was very interesting. And the filmmaker actually went on to make multiple movies similar. He was actually a producer on most of them that had these similar themes of sea creatures with these like very like sexually explicit scenes. Oh, and one more fact about this guy. Oh, I don't know if I ever said his name, but his name is Roger Corman. And interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Think about all the things I just told you about his past and the films he's made. Yeah. He was one of the original co-writers and directors of the very first Little Shop of Horror films in 1960 before it became a musical. 
Oh my God. And think about a giant plant with all like the vines and tentacles that uh-huh. eats people. I mean. And it's it's basically like trying to control this man. Yeah. And, and like, get his girl. Get, get and there's this girl. scene in the in the in the movie musical where he's like lifting her skirt up and wrapping around her legs. Yeah. Isn't that oh interesting? Oh my God. That's really interesting. Yeah. So he actually was a producer on the 1980s film uh-huh. with Mc- Rick Moranis. Yeah. But he he wrote and directed the original. It just I just thought it was interesting because it shows like the full range. Like you can go from like animals to some other unhuman creature like an alien or a robot or insects. insects all the way to plants mm-hmm. like Little Shop of Horrors or the Evil Dead rapey tree. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, or it can even be something as simple as just one person's tongue. Yeah, that just grows really. Y- yeah, long. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that in like succubus mm. things where they um, go down on someone. And they just have come back up and they just have this giant tongue that you realized was in them. Yeah. It's like that uh, one singer. That one singer? Yeah, from Kiss. Oh, it's like Gene Simmons is <laughs> making like, out with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, It's a whole subset of Gene Simmons tentacle porn. Yeah. I bet that's a real thing. Probably. I was uh, putting together a list of all the anime that I was thinking about that had something to do with tentacles. And it's surprising to me how tentacles have kind of been incorporated into a lot of just... Uh, different types of genres Mm -hmm. like it's not only erotica anymore Mm. um they're giving tentacles to beasts or to things that aren't uh, actually that erotic and um i had like three examples of that which was really interesting to me uh the first one which uh i'm sure some uh people in the anime culture would uh, disagree with me on is uh ika musume which is uh, squid, no, i don't know squid girl oh why wouldn't that be tentacles well it is tentacles yeah. but it's not erotic oh it's oh. like a fun comedy oh, about yeah. this little girl who's kind of almost invader zimmy mm-hmm. where she came from the ocean she's mm-hmm. some kind of weird half human half squid girl thing and she's trying to take over the world mm-hmm. but she's absolutely horrible at it and she's just barely surviving on her own yeah um but uh her head is completely made out of tentacles they're completely like um self-sufficient they're like they can all move on their own yeah. and stuff. She does. They're independent. Yeah, independent, yeah. and uh, they can do they can do all such crazy things. And all they're all in the shape of arrows. Yeah. Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. Uh, they uh, in Japan they're like, oh well, squids are the shape of an arrow. Yeah. And they like to bring that in. They like to bring in like um, features of uh, the thing that the character is supposed to represent. Mm-hmm. So her hair, her hair is literally just a bunch of arrows that are tentacles. Do you, do you do you see a correlation at all between what we're talking about in that show, or is it more just interesting how how like the theme of like uh, like tentacles has has come back into anime? Well, I was what a correlation I thought saw was um, the one that be, when we were talking about the uh, just now um, with Lovecraft. Well, no, no, with how intense the uh, tentacle started. Yes. And how... Uh, it's like permeated into less, the culture. Yeah, how permeated and watered yes. down it's coming, that it's actually going into the mainstream without being seen as erotic at, at all. Right. But and it can, like, that, that switch can just easily be turned up and down. Ex- exactly. And so there's, like, things like Anika Musume, I'm pretty sure there actually is a scene where they like switch it at some point where they're like, okay, we're going to turn on the eroticism a little bit right here Mm -hmm. just to like, you know, play off that scene and like harken back to its, the roots of tentacles or something, even though it's a kid's show. Yeah. And uh, then there, or well, what you consider maybe a kid's show. Uh, Then there's also, (laughs) uh, I mean, assassination classroom, which barely has, I don't think it has any eroticism in it. It's just about the power of this creature that is completely made out of tentacles mm-hmm. and his then his teaching abilities, <laughs> which is interesting. <laughs> and then Parasite, which was the third one. But that one's like 
not erotic at all. It's a much more guru. Yeah, I actually talked about you and um, one of one of the animes that you watched in the last episode. Oh yeah, I, um, the inner species. Oh yeah, the I th- I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's Ishizoku uh, Reviewers Club. Mm-hmm. Short thing on that of a um, tentacle monster, yeah, slime girl, yeah, um, on a guy. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's great. I mean, a lot of people don't actually think about that, but there's a lot of like uh, guys who get this fantasy of like a slime monster or something just all over you and basically like so many hands you can't do anything they just so many hands are like you're actually your entire body's encompassed in a mm. fleshlight or something like that <laughs> and then they're and then it's like it spreads their butt open and then gets a little tentacle up there yeah butt. oh so so yeah it's like... so it actually like mixes the kind of yeah. the two of them yeah, and that's great. then they always like uh, they like. We should normalize m- male anal sex. I think. Yeah, I mean, why not? Uh, absolutely. I think it's yeah, it's a missed opportunity if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you get these interesting anime or uh, hentai images of like these giant slime girls who just have like a guy inside of them, and all their mm. orifices are being forced open by the slime of her tentacles yeah or well they're like tentacles but it's hard to see them because it's inside her body oh so they're actually like feeling the tentacle but you can't see it because it's like jello forcing its way open into in jello that's intense so yeah yeah no it's so really you're full in, you're full you're completely <laughs> encapsulated yeah in i do know that that uh, that uh, desire to be like full mm-hmm. you know it's like oh my orifices it's a uh, tentacle ver- uh, porn is kind of all inclusive as far as uh, the creatures that can have tentacles. But there's some that are like, I find a little like, that's a bit much. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I mean, with anything, there's going to be some that you run into. <laughs> and it always happens with tentacle porn, and I really? don't know what it is. But what, the, what, it, it yeah. might be an actual fetish. I, I'm not, no, it, it is great. I'm lovely. But I'm like, whoa, does it? Nothing really works like that. So what it is. <laughs> Nothing really works like that. Well, you say as I, we're talking I about don't think that, tentacles. I don't think breasts and, work in this way. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So what it is is the whole point, like a lot of the b- b- things that people like about tentacles is insertion into orifices. Right. All right. So yes. normal orifices, mouth, ears, nose, uh, penile head. Yes. Because they'll even do that. Yes. And then yes. anal and everything. Yeah. Uh, but vaginal. the one that I... <laughs> I'll just bring up oh, the oh, other oh. one. <laughs> well, I, everyone knows that one. <laughs> you brought up ears before you... <laughs> it shows a lot how Jack thinks. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you got this. <laughs> but anyways, the fetish is uh, like... I don't know if it's guys or girls, but someone likes to see tentacles go into your breast, like through the nipple. Like the the whole areola or just the, the actual nipple? Like the nipple, like the duct that like milk comes through. Oh, ow. Yeah. And then it'll- Like stretch it? Like stretch it, put uh, tentacles in it. Like little ones? Yeah, like little ones. Okay. And then, big ones, and then there's like, oh, almost no. always some kind of milk that's spouting from it, too. Wow. I know. Spouting out from the boob or into the boob? From out, out from oh, the boob. Oh, you're like releasing it. Yeah. And it's... It's just, all, it's just always in there. Yeah, yeah. That's how anatomy works. We just always have breast milk. Uh, apparently. That's according... Not, that's not how anatomy works. <laughs> 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 that's not how anatomy works. Just so you know. I mean, if you were a tentacle monster, you would find out very fast. That's not how it works. I'd be like, shit. I... I've been reading all the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a lie. I'm totally unprepared for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guess I'll have to just stick with the ear. <laughs> I was so wanted the boob duct sex though. Yeah, with the exploding milk. Yeah, God, my fantasies. You know, it's like they say: don't never meet your heroes. Oh, milk duct. 
<laughs> <laughs> At least not if you have a fetish for milk ducks that are like, no that that is that is an interesting open. one. But I mean, as I've talked about in my previous episodes, the mm-hmm. nice thing about these fantasies that are unachievable is mm-hmm. you can really go anywhere with them, oh, right? Yeah, because absolutely. because the only way to express them is through writing through drawing mm. through special effects you yeah, can really yeah, do yeah. however you want because that definitely is not very realistic oh yeah yeah like then they spurred them up with so much cum and other yeah. fluids that yeah. spars from all their orifices. orifices yeah they really like orifices and tentacles. oh they like, do that's the whole i think that's like maybe the whole thing yeah it's just like where can we go from here yeah. i like the ones where it goes up the butt and then out the mouth because you're like mm, yes that would work that works yeah that works well I'm, I'm like i think we're it's hollow funny. inside well i think it's funny when they do the vaginal one because it's like yeah. oh obviously if that's happening she's dead yeah yeah there's there's a lot of things <laughs> wrong with her inside <laughs> yeah. i wanted to read you this quote because i thought it was really interesting uh-huh. And it's also a great source. So (laughs) (laughs) there was somebody who was interviewed. His name is Nobilis Reed, Mm -hmm. and he was an editor for a tentacle erotica anthology. Mm -hmm. So it was all like written, you know, erotica. And he has actually done writing himself as well. Yeah. And he got interviewed by Deep Sea News, which I thought was amazing (laughs) because I looked it up because I was like, oh, maybe Deep Sea News is actually more like ocean sexy theme. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. Just like, have you heard of the sea turtle? Like, it's like (laughs) straight up ocean news. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah. But they but they did this this uh, interview with him because Uh they wanted to say. You know, do you do a lot of research into sea life when you're writing your erotica? Which I thought was very interesting. But I just wanted to read you a quote um, from him, which I just thought was really great. Yeah, I'd love to. So it says, tentacle porn is popular because it taps into a vast array of interesting themes. Tentacle erotica is about fantasy. It varies from being silly and playful to wildly violent and potentially disturbing. It's unusual and otherworldly. But what I have seen that's quite common is the sense of helplessness in the face of something too alien to communicate with. Mm. I think that you'll agree that we'll likely have conversations with dolphins before we do octopuses. No negotiations, no seduction, just raw lust. (laughs) And I thought this was like a really great way because when you think about, okay, so like what is it about like tentacle porn that's so interesting? Yeah. And I think there is part of it, like, if it's a creature that you can't communicate with, it is that. It's just, like, there's just, like, the raw lust emotion, mm-hmm. right? And and there's also something kind of terrifying about all of these limbs. Mm-hmm. And if you can communicate with it, like, if it can speak your language, it's still, like, it, it's just so overbearing. It's so overpowering. And yeah. there's something between the sense of, like, terror and, and like, uh, helplessness uh-huh. that is like very submissively seductive yeah or it can go from the other side that's like very playful like the um this one what was Mm. the one you said oh ikamusume yeah where it's this more like this playful where it's kind of commenting off the Mm. history of it but making it more playful and light and 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 highlighting this the silliness of it oh yeah yeah uh if you don't mind i can uh bring up um, a hentai. I don't actually remember the name of it. You, you, I don't mind. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind at all. <laughs> um, L- listeners, do you mind? <laughs> they don't mind. Good. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> okay, so there is this uh, hentai. I can't remember the name of it, of That's course, because okay. most of them are in Japanese, and I'm not fluent enough at Japanese to remember every single one I read. Uh, <laughs> Disappointment. No, it's okay. It's all right. Uh, it plays with both the playful side and that raw, like, unable to do anything. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing starts out with uh, um, normal high school, of mm-hmm. course. High school is, like, all life in Japan is just high school, apparently. Right. And it uh, starts out with this uh, guy who, of course, is enamored with the most beautiful girl in the school who mm-hmm. doesn't really talk to anyone and is a transfer from a foreign uh, country. 
classic setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And almost always when they're a transfer from a foreign country, they're either a princess or <laughs> a magical witch princess. Uh, you know, this <laughs> my life. <laughs> Last time I transferred and I was a princess. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so this magical witch princess transferred in he's enamored with her he's following her around he's like oh she's in this room doing something like what's happening in there mm-hmm. and so he opens the door and he ends up getting caught in her summoning spell oh no and she was like trying to summon some kind of uh fiend to like help her in battles and stuff in yeah. the future and he ended up getting caught in it. And so his mind became the brains for the fiend. Mm-hmm. And his he lost his body. And the fiend that, like, because of this weird mix-up in her spell that ended up getting summoned was, of course, a tentacle monster. Of course. But it's this cute little chubby ball with just two little arm tentacles. To kinda, begin, that's kind of cute. Yeah, so it's like real cute to begin with, yeah. and it doesn't like start out immediately like with a raging boner. With a raging boner, exactly. <laughs> Ranging tentacle boners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight. But uh, yeah, so she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I will figure out how to fix this mistake." She feels real. So bad wait, did about the guy it. turn into it? He did. He turned okay, into I it. See, he I got see. caught in like the magical feedback or whatever. So he turned into a tiny squishy. Yeah. Tentacle monster. Yeah, tiny squishy tentacle monster. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, so it goes on from there, and it goes on with him like trying to hide the fact that he's a tentacle monster. Uh, very first sex scene, though, was immediately after that because she uh-huh. picks him up, and uh-huh. he's like, his mind gets clouded when she gets close to her, uh-huh. and he's like, oh, my God, I'm being overcome by lust. <laughs> but he's just a tiny squishy? But he's just a tiny squishy, but then... <laughs> comes <laughs> I just imagine like a beanie baby like a cute little squishy beanie baby yeah. and he's just like I am lustful oh yeah yeah and that's, that's so what it happens and then he starts sprouting all of these tentacles from all over his body like the second wow. she picks him up he pretty much just like instinct takes in and he just like takes her Whoa. And, like, he has no control over it. He's, like, just animal raping this girl. And she's like, this is what happened when you summon a, a thing. Uh, Yeah, pretty much. And, like, by the end, she's kind of crying a little bit. She's like, oh, you were forced me into this. Whoa. That was the first time oh, I ever no. had sex. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Kind of deal. But she knows it's not him who did it. Like, it was the instinct of the monster she summoned or something yeah what a great character to uh identify with as a viewer you're like i couldn't help myself like (laughs) yes i attacked you till you cry like it's really not my fault i was possessed exactly oh my god what a cop out yeah i know uh, but it's fun as a viewer, right? It, it is fun as a viewer. It like gives it like just don't do it yourself. A lot of these viewers end up feeling guilt from seeing that, the things that, that they enjoy. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it gives you a way to enjoy it without having to, to like identify with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you not feeling guilty, even though it's a character on a piece mm-hmm, of paper, mm-hmm. you don't have to feel guilty about the rape. Right, you can be like, I still identify with him as a nice guy yeah. who couldn't help himself. E- exactly, exactly. So there's a few different types of hentai that actually do that uh, yeah. often. They're just Interesting. like, he had no control over himself. He just had to fuck it. Oh my gosh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In a way where it like lets you mm-hmm. enjoy your sexuality without feeling shame, I think it's great. Yeah. In the way where it completely disregards the fact that you are forcing yourself onto somebody, it's not great. But from just the perspective of like consensual animated porn, whatever, mm-hmm. it's fine. Because like as a viewer, mm-hmm. you can feel not guilty yeah. for enjoying it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was racked with guilt for my sexual preferences for a really long time, especially growing up in uh, the area that we grew up in. Yeah. My father would never talk to me about porn at all or anything like that. And my mother, uh, the things she talked to me about, she talked about to me too young for me to remember a few things. And then uh, later on, she just would not... uh, 
she was very anti-male at that time in my life. Yeah. So um, at the time when I was discovering my sexual identity, I was being told how all men are assholes. They only want to have sex with women. They are blah, 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 yada, yeah. yada. And it like kind of imprinted that onto me. And so yeah. I always felt guilty for having sexual... Uh, Especially anything that, that anything. appears non-consensual, right? Any oh. sort of pornography that is like any sort of force-based absolutely yeah. absolutely and so even like i didn't i mean i just thought i was a bad person for a really long time yeah and that i just needed to get over that stuff and that i shouldn't look at any of that stuff and it wasn't until i was out of high school that i really became comfortable with my sexual identity yeah as far as that stuff went yeah <laughs> no that that's that's really important and it's good to know that if you were going out <laughs> attacking people, it would be one thing. But yeah. it's very different when something is put in the context of a fetish, where mm -hmm. it's like, I would like to role play this concept with somebody else who wants to role play this concept with me. That's Absolutely. completely 100% different. Mm -hmm. And I think some people can get really freaked out when they see like these violent scenes. And I understand that because some of them can get very extreme. And it, mm -hmm. it's understanding the ridiculousness of it. Yeah. But also, there. I mean, depending on who's in it and what's going on, I mean, there's so many factors. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of fetishes that aren't about hurting people. It's about mm. how to transfer power, how to release something or how to reclaim something. And you're doing it consensually with somebody else who oh, also absolutely. wants to achieve that goal. Yeah. And that's some of the hottest like stuff, in my opinion. Like yeah. The most attractive thing is when the person that you are taking advantage of, quote unquote, uh, likes it. Uh, yeah <laughs> that's when it's like the best in my opinion well it's not even somebody who's just like yeah okay sure we can do that like whatever yeah. if they're like this is my fantasy of yeah. course yeah because then it, you're yeah it adds so and much, then you much to it. like the two characters or you two can just fall into that like whole yeah of self-discovery with sexualization and such look at you <laughs> yeah um but yeah i like that part yeah. of it and is like uh i i mean because no one would talk to me about it mm -hmm. uh from a younger age even though i was extremely guilt-ridden about it i was still fascinated about it with mm -hmm. it so i would look at things that were very inappropriate for me to be looking at, at which probably doesn't time. help with the guilt exactly and so it, it was a very weird situation it's like oh god i know i'm gonna feel extremely guilty and horrible for looking at this stuff but i just can't turn my eyes away it's because like, you're a pervert <sighs> fuck <laughs> if you're a pervert then welcome to the club you know that's, that's right. all i can say but no i everyone's I, got their perf. i understand it's 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 when you're drawn to something mm -hmm. that 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 hits you in a certain way you want to keep you want to keep yeah, engaging exactly. with it and that's i mean that's how i discovered guru yeah, which is crazy intense. Like probably the most intense hentai that you can get see find. Yeah, to begin with, which is just a bunch of decapitation. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Blood stuff, and mm -hmm. I did. It wasn't like really sexually intriguing to me. It was more like I can't believe like someone has put this down on paper. Yeah, and absolutely. You kept just flipping because you were fascinated. You're like, oh my god, how far is this going to go? Which is really the whole point of Goro, right? Is yeah. is it's just pushing the envelope and sometimes it's not even about the you being turned on. It's about just like being blown away by the extremeness of it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I I get that as yeah. well. And uh, so I, that's how I discovered Guru and like other different fetishes in um, hentai. And hentai was really easy because even though I felt guilty about looking at it, saying, thinking I'm a bad person for looking at it, I at least knew that it wasn't a real person right, that this right. happened to. And that was enough to convince me that I'm not so horrible that i need to destroy myself about this right because because even if something horrible happens to this person it's not a real person it's a fake person so you don't mm. even have to worry about like the possibility of non-consenting adults yeah. it's like all of it is is fantasy yeah exactly and i would end up getting a similar feeling of guilt when i watch uh porn that ended up being maybe your wonder if the girl actually knows or like this was put on the internet or something oh yeah we're, like, yeah 
there's that time where like uh, amateur stuff and even now is just like right. super popular and you're like wait after a while sometimes and you're like is this like does she know this is going on mm-hmm. or is this just some guy who had a camera in his room yeah and that like i ended up like having a real i don't know look and to myself for mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i don't really well, I think it's hard when something is, like, put on, like, let's say, like, Pornhub, mm-hmm. because you have no idea where it came from, versus yeah. if you're, like, if you're on a specific website mm-hmm. that you are like, okay, this is what the website is, this is who their cast members are, this is what their setup yeah. is, you know exactly what it is, so even if they do, like, an amateur scene, you know that it's following those, but there's so mm-hmm. much just porn, free porn out in the world yeah. that's acquired from anywhere that if you decide to watch some of that and you're uncomfortable with it, you have no way of knowing yeah. where it came from. And um, that's one of the biggest reasons why I still do watch hentai as an older man now is because it's like I can ha- I can actually watch it guilt-free completely yeah. now. I've conquered my own sexual uh inhibitions look at you and <laughs> that's awesome no i'm really i'm really happy and i can feel comfortable with liking my own fetishes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i know that our conversations about it mm-hmm. have just uh, opened up so much like our ability to talk about certain things have opened up so much in like the last couple of years oh yeah absolutely i mean uh charlie knows but when i was when we were first getting to know each other it, it took a long time before i even opened up about the fact that i would masturbate i know i was like dude i know you do i don't know how the conversation came up <laughs> i don't i, I, don't, know, I don't remember but, but i do remember the coming conver- up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then, i was like oh no i just don't I think, do it that much i think I, it's because i knew you were so uncomfortable about it that yeah. i wanted to keep normalizing it mm-hmm. be like no i know you do it it's okay yeah like don't worry about it <laughs> but maybe i was a little pushy well, I, you know, it's okay because I think I needed a push yeah, from someone. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm it was, to feel comfortable. It was, I, I could definitely say if I didn't become friends with you, I would not feel nearly as comfortable in my sexual identity as I do now. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. Oh, yeah. Thank it's you. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you opening up to me and re- making me realize that women also had these feelings yeah. and that men weren't just horn dogs who were forcing every single woman they met. Like, I don't know. that. Like, it seems weird to hear someone say that and, make like, believe that someone actually believes that. But... Uh, that's what I believed coming out of high school mm-hmm. even was that w- women didn't really find pleasure too much in sex and that or especially so, not porn yeah right? or, or, porn, or, or like or anything even, f- fetish or erotic or anything outside mm-hmm. of like the very like I want to be taken to a dinner date and I want mm-hmm. roses and then I want a bubble bath and then like some sweet missionary love making and then we'll cuddle up in some like like silk sheets yeah yeah that's not everyone's dream <laughs> yeah 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 and i, I and it's like even that i was like oh i bet the woman probably doesn't like that she feels forced and probably no woman ever wants to she wants sex. to end at the bubble bath it's funny because it's my mother who ended up m- making me believe that yeah and it was like what she always said to me and so it was very in a st- interesting way of growing up mm-hmm, we'll say mm-hmm. Uh, I'm definitely a lot better off now. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. No, I've I've seen you like grow so much into yourself and be comfortable just mm-hmm. with your own identity. Yeah, which is so great. Um, thank you for sharing. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so when looking at tentacle porn, mm-hmm. like you said, there's so many categories, right? There's so many ways oh, this yeah. can play out, and that's that's I we we've covered a couple so far, and it's the same thing. There's so mm-hmm. many different ways and you can cross it with other fetishes and it can be this weird unique own little thing over in the corner somewhere Mm -hmm. but there's kind of like the playful side there's the horror side it can be drawn it can be animated it can be live action i've seen some really funny live action (laughs) tentacle porn which Mm -hmm. is pretty much just like a, a tentacle dildo with a hand holding it and then like a long sock covering the arm oh that's funny yeah and then just lots of them so Uh, like it's more like a close-up on the body and then they're all just like snaking and like smacking her and going in her everything from octopi demons aliens bugs horror playful animated drawn so many categories Mm -hmm. if you had to be a tentacle creature what kind would you be what kind of tentacle creature would i be yes (laughs) 
This this is an interesting concept. I mean, I would probably I'd probably be the boring tentacle creature, which is the human. I love that. The boring tentacle creature. <laughs> yeah. But, well, the boring tentacle creature is like the human sorcerer mm. who sprouts tentacles like from his robes or something from underneath them. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, yes, succumb to the powers of the pleasure of my tentacles. Ooh. Would they be, and, would they be like real tentacles or more like Elf and Liad, like, like, um, uh, force tentacles. Uh, they do both ways, but for me, I would do real tentacles mm, just mm. because I feel like I would be more up for that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I like the whole like I like Shibari mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I think I it's like, beautiful. I like Shibari, but I also like that whole um, uh, just standing over the one you're like taking control of almost and very domineering. Very domineering. Yeah, but also kind of removed. Yeah, exactly, and I'm not sure where I got that from. Yeah, but I, I, it, it's like in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna play your instrument or your Ooh. your body like an instrument. Ooh, look at you! Or something yeah. with my tentacles, and uh, it's like, uh, like the guys who have like complete straight face mm -hmm. when they're doing it, and they're just like, yeah, this is what this I'm is, doing this to is you. Happening. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, you, you do like that, don't you? I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me right now. This is great. Important question. Mm -hmm. Then does your does your jacket have to always stay on? Um, it uh, typically does because uh, <laughs> like, because of the visual. Because of the visual, and for the epicness. For the epicness, but you can totally take your pants off. What? Uh, actually, this is another. You can take another, your pants off, right? But you have this to keep is the another fetish on. of mine is having sex with your clothes on. With your clothes on. Yeah. Like, all of them on. All of them on because it also like works into exhibitionism and having sex in public places without ah. people realizing that you're doing it. So it's just like it. a little like zip and slip. Yeah, ex ex exactly. Or something like that. <laughs> I just came up with that. I'm very proud. <laughs> but it, it's also probably because I'm not super comfortable with my body when it's naked. Fair. And I'm more comfortable with it with clothes on when it's like shaped the way I like it. So if I'm like wearing a big trench coat or something and it's like, I look like I have very cool broad shoulders. I'm you can big... decorate yourself exactly how you want yeah, to be seen. Uh-huh. Exactly. That, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. When you said they're coming out from under my coat, I can see it like an anime, right? Where mm -hmm. they're just like these like things extending. And I was like, yeah. then the jacket can't come off. Mm -hmm. It would ruin it. Yeah, yeah ex exactly. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. I think... If I was one, I kind of, I mean, there, there's a couple ways I could imagine this going. When you said, like, a tiny little squishy, uh -huh. I like that. Uh, yeah. Like, if I could be that, and I could just slink around, like, on all my little, like, really short stubbies, uh -huh. you know, like, just like, people <laughs> like, oh, she's so cute. And then I would transform into, like, this demonic 80% human, 20% cephalopod demon creature oh wow and then just like <laughs> and then and then when they you know lay dead drained of all uh -huh. life i just turn into this little squishy thing and somebody walks in and they're like what happened and i'm just like wait, 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 wait. and they're just like oh what's this i'll take uh, it home yeah oh that's cute and that'd be fun yeah that that's funny it makes me think of like maybe it's like if you're one of those single slither slugs yeah but i want to be cute like a little squishy yeah. um like um, I imagine more of like a squid, oh, yeah, like okay. a little squid, uh -huh. like a really squishy. <laughs> I don't know. Why I have this squishy thing. Uh -huh. Like, like the idea of being more like a like a slimy stuffed animal uh -huh. than like a real creature. Yeah, that just like a little cute, like puffy and uh -huh. orange or something, and then and then turning into like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I have a question for you. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you want to be on the receiving side? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. I mean, why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, uh -huh. try anything once. Yeah. I don't know if, great. like, when I think of, like, erotic fantasy, if my first mm -hmm. thing I would go to is that. Mm -hmm. But I see the appeal yeah, 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 of yeah. it, and I see, like, the the allure 
mm. in it. Yeah. Like, I think the biggest lure for me with, like, my fantasy is the fact that it's almost like it is Shibari, but mm. it's connected to my body and it's living. And it's like I can just do it with an, in an instant. Yeah, yeah, Without yeah, yeah. even any complicated rope ties. And it's like yeah, they can't do anything about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking maybe you would like to be on. The oh, race yeah. Theory, but yeah. I mean, so I guess like, there's so many still versions of it. It's hard to think like what version I would want to be in. That That's but, true. Yeah. I mean, I definitely can see the appeal. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> what about you? Would you want to be on the receiving end? Uh, probably not. I don't think I'd even want to do the slime girl thing. Yeah. Where it's like... I do of... like that one too. I kind of like the slime girl. <laughs> That's cute. When you're watching it, you're identifying yeah. with the creature, not with the recipient. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I just can't even imagine. Like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want to be inserted into. Yeah, and that's the same thing with me. Like, there's definitely a lot of things that I watch where women are maybe put through extreme circumstances Mm -hmm. like that, where I'm not necessarily identifying with the woman, Mm -hmm. but I'm not necessarily identifying with the other either. Yeah. I'm like somewhere in the middle. I think that's where my voyeurism really comes in, where Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just enjoy just being in there too, being like, hey... Mm-hmm. keep doing it i don't know who i'm identifying with i'm kind of identifying with neither mm-hmm. i'm just enjoying just like the eroticness the sexiness the hotness of the moment yeah so, so i can de- that's why i think i can see this being sexy mm-hmm. but i don't necessarily like i can't clearly put myself in the role because i think i have such a deep fascination with fetishes and sexuality from an intellectual standpoint mm-hmm. but it also translates into from a sexual standpoint yeah it kind of goes back and forth okay mm-hmm. well, no, which is no. why i like looking up kinks is because i find I no dope i had uh, definitely had a voyeuristic streak for a while but that was when i started to feel guilty because in what real like live action voyeurism you get you it's really hard to be sure that that's yeah something that's not uh that is fake yeah we'll say and not something that's real that then you actually do have feel guilty about um it's kind of weird situation being a voyeur or someone like that who has uh um desires for something that is completely and totally not okay to actually do and yeah i guess it all depends like how you consider your voyeurism like i think Mm -hmm. observing sexuality like consensually is is awesome oh yeah like just watching other people be intimate but it's interesting because not all porn does makes me feel voyeuristic yeah right Uh uh-huh sometimes just watching things that i'm not into that are very specific makes me feel voyeuristic because i feel like i'm Mm. peeping in on somebody else's like desire yeah 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 okay that can make that makes sense and like just the act of doing that is like a mental turn on yeah okay I see. That no, that makes sense absolutely. Well, I just would like to thank you so much for coming and joining me and talking with me today. Oh yeah, of course, Charlie. Yeah, you did you did fantastic and I think we we really got into to tentacles. <laughs> and they got into us. They did. All over. <laughs> uh, everywhere. Everywhere. Even You've our been... nipples. <laughs> Just say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah, of course. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you for tuning in for another segment of Curious Kinks. If you'd like to find us on Instagram, you can just look up Babes of Valhalla, where we post multiple times a week and remind everyone of our weekly shows that will be coming up. We are always looking for stories, so you can always check out our Instagram to see if we're looking for anything, or you can just go straight to our email at babesofvalhalla at gmail.com and send us your stories, your anecdotes, your comments, and concerns. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis. 
Cited sources for this episode. History of Tentacle Porn by Bethany Tiamat for Vocal Media. Make You Squirm, an extreme brief history of Japanese tentacle erotica by Angel Russell. Everything You'll Ever Want to Know About Tentacle Porn by Caddy Drell for Glamour. Shunga Exhibition at the British Museum, Curator's Introduction by the British Museum. Interview, New Anthology of Tentacle Porn Research for Marine Conversations by Miriam Goldstein for Deep Sea News. Deviance and Social Darwinism in Edogawa Rompo's Erotic Grotesque Thriller Koto no Oni by Jim Reichert. By Way of Preface, Defining Erotic Grotesque Nonsense by Miriam Rose Silverberg.